Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Sweet Tea and TV. Hey, y'all. So we're here for Designing Women. <laughs> Again. Can I just be really honest and say that we've decided to, like, try and get to the episode quicker for people who are just wanting to talk about the episode, and we super appreciate that, but it's just going to make me awkward for probably half the season, so... There's just no good way to just jump right into it. Not really. We're Southern. We like to smooth things over. We like to talk for an hour before we get to the real business. I mean, you should see us try and leave. Yeah. Like a house. Not just me and you, just anyone. Just anyone. It's a whole production. Well, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, I'm going to let you go. Then you're in the driveway. Then you're in their car. Then you're at McDonald's. I don't know. (laughs) So, but today... Would you like to talk about episode five? What if I said no? What else? Like I don't really. I would say there's a charcuterie board downstairs <laughs> and I'm pretty hungry. It's got our name on it. All right. Episode five. It's called The Bachelor Auction. Uh, the Hulu, Selena, you've just taken to writing your own merge descriptions these I days. No, I think I realized like in working on our next segment or next run of episodes that I've just accidentally left stuff in here. Oh, okay. I only have to change five things in our notes, but I managed to screw up at least one of the five every time. So. I like to think of it as a mystery. I don't really. So now people can decide, is this Hulu? Is it Selena? Is well, it Wikipedia? When I'm looking at this one, it Oopsie looks poopsie. like a little bit of it's in me in here. I think I agree with that. <laughs> Go on. So the description this week, whosoever it may be, Suzanne helps organize a bachelor charity auction and brings Anthony in as a participant. In a welcomed oopsie poopsie moment, Suzanne wins a date with him and then magic <coughs> ensues. Yeah, that oopsie poopsie has me written all over it. Agreed. The air date was October 22nd, 1990. We're calling this one Suzanne and Anthony Go on a Date. It was written by Pam Norris and directed by David Trainer. So let's start. You know what? Let's be zany. Let's start with general reactions. <laughs> I don't so know crazy. Why I always act like that's new. I, uh, general reactions. Well, I guess you, go, you want to start with references? <laughs> go ahead and read it. Oh, that would be fun. Just go top to bottom one day. Oh, one day. Let's uh, prepare for it, though. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. I'll switch the notes around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start with lunch. I don't know. <laughs> Anything could happen. Well, my first general reaction in this one was, oh, Lord, it's the return of the Beaumont Driving Club. Because Suzanne loves her some BDC, the Beaumont Driving Club. Our notes are, like, spot on with each other lately. My very first one is, Suzanne just can't quit the Beaumont Driving Club, can she? Can't quit it. But I hadn't processed that we could call it the BDC. And it's just, it's really long. You know, so season two, episode 19, I think, was the last time we really talked about it. Was Did it? I, miss I one? don't know. I feel like it's all the time. Maybe that was just the the one main episode focused on it. The blue blooded. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She just can't quit them, even though they treat them all like crap. Yeah. I have a question for you, Selena. Oh, I love a question. Kind of. Maybe. What would we have done if Suzanne Anthony had taken off from here as a couple? Suzanne Anthony, if you will. Oh, that's a good question. Um, We've talked before about how LBT said they should have ended up together, right? Yeah. If it, if the show had carried on, I, I guess this means with Suzanne in tow, mm-hmm. she would have eventually married them off, I think is what she said. And, um, well, I th- so I think my second general reaction might 
somewhat answer your question because mine is this is really the continuation of Suzanne and Anthony's love story. Uh-huh. It's love that they're feeling, you know? Yeah. And then I wrote down a bunch of examples, which we don't really have to go through, but if I got lots of evidence and it feels very romantic to me, I think if they had actually gotten together, I lose interest. Oh. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. When couples get together, it's not interesting. It's you interesting. like the chase. I like the chase, mm-hmm. you know. Or, Sexual tension. Yeah, or like something, um, because you almost have to have something come in and, and, and almost mess things up again for mm-hmm. me to get interested. It doesn't work every time, but yeah, I think as a viewer... Like, just a, a couple sitting down and watching TV at night is not what I would call riveting. So when Luke and Lorelai finally got together, you welcomed the addition of April to the show because she caused drama for their relationship? Not every time <laughs> do they get it right. Right. <laughs> and also, I feel real bad for that girl. That poor child. Like, they that, gave her just well, the she's worst. A, I guess she's a, an adult now, but yeah. 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 Probably still a child to me. Let, I mean, but like, let, like it sucks when they do that to the kid actors because yeah. they're just babies. It's not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not their fault. They're just coming in. They're trying to do a job. They're trying to launch a career. You know, I don't know. Did that answer your question? <laughs> what was it? Where are we? <laughs> Who am I? I was just asking, yeah, what would we have done if yeah. this had oh, been the start of their done? love story? Is that Would that have worked for you? I don't know. I still have so much trouble imagining the two of them together romantically. I see what everybody's saying, that it is love. I agree. It is love. But, like, just seeing them sort of romantically involved is a little hard for me to see. Well, I mean, you say that, but then, like, I think a lot of fans feel like Anthony's gay. Oh, really? This is news to you. This is news to me. I'm not in the Facebook group as much as you are, though. Well, I don't know I see it there as much. Mm. Just, like, it's, like, in the world. Oh. Like, of, of... People, in fact, like I think a lot, like I've read where people are like, well, uh, maybe it's, um, I don't, I don't want to say news articles because they wouldn't be news. It'd be more like featurey articles and they're like kind of pondering back and they're like, oh, I thought he was gay. Oh. So I think there are a lot, a wide array of feelings about mm. the character of Anthony and who he should or shouldn't have been with or whatever the case might Interesting. be. Interesting. And then yeah. please, I get... <laughs> Like, don't come for me, or maybe come for me, I guess. But, like, if that is opposite of what you feel is out there, you know, let me know. But that's sort of been my read on the situation. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a great answer to my own question. Well, that's okay. I kind of think, like you, maybe I would have lost interest a little bit. Uh-huh. I just don't really know where they would have gone. Yeah. Like, it's so much funnier that they have all these weird interactions because they're not together. Mm. Like, you know, you and your husband... You get into some weird scenarios sometimes, like goofy scrapes, you know, like because you're a team, you're together. So you expect that to happen when you've been with someone a long time with Anthony and Suzanne. I like watching them get into scrapes because they're not together. So it's just like two friends going at it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do appreciate we didn't get an awkward B plot wedged anywhere in this episode. It was almost like the date was the B plot. Mm. You know, but But it fit. Uh huh. Yeah. I, my last general reaction is a stray. Because I think I mentioned in episode three, they just can't make Suzanne look bad. Mm. And to me, this was another example of, and I think I said I was going to come back with another episode. And this is the one, like, 
uh, in the last time it was her after her mall fight with Randa, like she still looks stunning. And here she's like rocking her sweats in a bathrobe and she just look, they're like trying to make her hair look a muss. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It, just, it the, looks better. The black eyeliner and the eyelash extensions and the heavy makeup help. Absolutely it helps. But you know what? You could do all that for me and put me in some sweatpants and a bathrobe. Like we're just talking about two different levels of people. <laughs> She's on the higher spectrum. I'm on the lower one. This is what I'm trying to say. What about uh, you? Other generals or you want to head into strays? Um, I will go to strays because I think one of my generals is a stray too. Now that I'm looking at it, I also was curious what Anthony and Suzanne got into at the house after they went back inside to get um, Consuela to sew up his dinner jacket. Like what other madcap mayhem did they get into that led to all their conversation the next morning? Like his, what was it? His watch was under the side table or something. Oh, uh-huh. like, what were they doing? Were they playing Twister? Right. Oh yeah. Were they like watching a Lifetime miniseries? I don't Having know. Having girl dinner. Right. Just anything right. could have happened. I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to know. Sure. That's a, that's fair enough. Um, all of my strays are auction related. So do you have anything else? I have two more that are not auction yeah, related. Get in there. We had a Charlene cut line after she said she'd have dinner with Anthony if she was single. She also added the caveat that if she was single and if she didn't have to work with him every day, that's because workplace romances can be awkward. Just ask the couple she knew in Poplar Bluff who both worked at the Dairy Queen. Doyle made the cones and Norma dipped them in chocolate. When they broke up, they said it wouldn't affect their professional relationship. But whenever Doyle handed Norma an ice cream cone to dip in chocolate, she stuck it down his pants. So we missed a Charlene story from Dairy Poplar Queen Bluff. Story. Another one. I do think a lot of her stories start and end at Dairy Queen. As they should. A lot of my stories. I was going to say. <laughs> as they should. But it, it's like always the same because it's like, I really want a blizzard. So I get a and blizzard. Then, then I get a blizzard. Then I feel so I hate myself it. for having a blizzard. <laughs> yes. We're living parallel lives. Because <laughs> I'm like, yes, I will have the large. And Casey's like, yes, I will have the large. And then I finish mine. And then he eats half of his. And then he gives it to me. His. Yeah. Kyle orders me a midi, um, a mini, a mini now, so I don't even think about it. And I'll get to the bottom and I'll be like, where's the rest of it? Do you know what? Yeah. The first time I ever saw a mini, I was mad. Stupid tiny. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? Eat it and then order four more. <laughs> I don't know. That's the best I've come up with. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, I noticed a really long string of credits for extras. I skimmed through them all. And the only one that really stuck out to me was Rena Crane. Mm -hmm. So this is the lady that played the event MC. So the auction MC, um, and she stuck out to me because she's going to appear on the show again in season six. Okay. Uh, again, related to the Beaumont driving club. I actually thought she was in the episode, the season two episode I just mentioned. So I was like, oh, is that what she was in? Bopsy and Flipsy. It says she shows up in two episodes and I was like, maybe that's it. And that exactly. But it was, it's actually, she'll come up again. Mm. So there you go. Those are my strays. Okay. So like I said, all of mine are auction related. I would have liked to have seen Suzanne coaching Anthony before his big debut. Mm -hmm. You know, that would like just a little turn, a little something. I mean, I guess you kind of get a flavor for it when she's like, lick your lips. Yeah, you know? right. Did you catch the name of any of the bachelors? <laughs> no. Don Puffer. <laughs> that just made me laugh. Apologies to all the Don Puffers out there, sure, of course. Yeah. 
the ladies were feeling toasty from some lemon daiquiris <laughs> they had at Ruffles and Bo's Tea Room. So we last heard about them in season four, episode 21, Tough Enough. Suzanne paid $500 for Anthony. That's $3,000 today. That's a lot of scratch. Mm, it is. You know? For someone who's having financial troubles. I have, maybe. Maybe. We're not hearing about him as much anymore, so I guess she's okay. You know. Should we have some discussion about just the, just the concept of a bachelor auction? Yeah. Okay. So let me start with this. Do you like the idea of these as a charity event? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, so we'll go expand if you want to. I mean, I just think it's it's just awkward. Yeah. It's just awkward. It's like uh, like they say in the episode objectification of any person probably isn't a great thing. Uh-huh. Doing that for charity purposes probably isn't a great thing. Is it on brand with the Beaumont Driving Club? Yeah, probably. That's true. Probably, yeah. but there were just some remarks that I just think they bring out the worst in women. Or people. Well, and, but it's, it I'm thinking is about always, uh, bachelor auction specifically. Well, and it really is always bachelor auction. So I'm skipping, I'm, I'm not skipping around, but like I was looking into tropes. And when I did, it was, it was, you're mainly going to see bachelor auctions. So it's mainly going to be um, women bidding on men. The only time you see it the other way is like a woman will prepare a basket. Gilmore Girls. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny because that was the first thing that popped into my mind as well. Uh, so I think the giving is important, of course, but if it, it, and if it makes someone open their wallet, it's not harmful. Like I support it, but it's definitely weird. It, if we're talking about straight people as well, okay, I could see like people maybe thinking that you're flipping these heteronormative stereotypes or something, you know, for women to be able to go after men Mm, in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. But I think it just highlights stereotypes. And to your point, and I think this is what you were getting at is like, I don't know that ogling someone looks better on women. No, you know, yeah. I just think all around it's not the best. And then, the idea of bidding on a human is at best cringy. It's got it's got layers. It's got layers. It's also like it's the whole uh, conceit of it is kind of for spectacle mm-hmm. and attention. Ten out of nine times, I'm not going to be a fan of that. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing for me is somewhere in the back of my head, it's triggering for me to think about people who don't get high enough bids. And don't get, like, cared after. Mm-hmm. You know, that hurts my heart. Also, so, because I would be the person with the low bid. <laughs> I think I could see a way to do it that would be fine. Like, you're bidding on a date more than The Bachelor. So this episode was very Bachelor-oriented. Right. Versus, like, and if you bid on Michelle, he's going to take you skydiving. And if you bid on Anthony, he's going to take you... Wherever Anthony takes you. I don't know. I was going to say work site because I'm thinking of him being a contractor. That doesn't sound sexy. He's going to do something with you. Sure. So. And I think that's how most of them are positioned. I think they like in real life. Yeah. Which is really going to kind of. But that's the thing. I was going to ask you like, are these real? Oh. I've never seen one I've never actually seen one. But then outside of the plot of a sitcom, of course. But then like. Obviously, they are happening, and I even did a Google search because I was like, just show me some. Mm-hmm. This is 
actually still happening today. Because the other thing I was thinking about is this feels very of the times. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this is something they were doing then. My other thought is that this is predominantly some rich people stuff, right? Sure. And so... People are expensive. Well, I guess. I just don't know this world where you have so much money that you need to find a way to make spending it exciting again. <laughs> like, but what do I get out of it? You know? Like, give me something for giving is what it feels like a little bit, which is interesting. Finally. <laughs> do you know what I'm interested in? What's that? The weird inexpensive things people have bid on at auctions generally. So can we sidebar about that? Yes. It's a sidebar, Selena sidebar. She's got a keyboard looking for a reward by digging deep in the obscure, taking us on a detour. What you got, Selena? In Selena sidebar. Excuse me, I've got to put on my glasses. Your reading glasses? Yes, I can see. Or Halloween-themed, uh, cat-shaped, re- bat-shaped reading glasses. Mm, here we are now. I'm calling this one Buyer Beware, Tales from the Auction Block. So for starters, we're not in the charity auction space anymore. This is squarely auctions for profit. Okay. okay? So, look, people buy a lot of weird stuff, to be honest. But I narrowed it down to four that really got me. So according to Global Auctioneers... Brad and Angelina's breath, a uh, Brad Pitt, <clears throat> their breath Gross. captured in a jar. <laughs> this went for 340 euros in 2010. Okay. That's not very much, but like for a breath in a jar, it probably is right. <laughs> like what person thought Brad and Angelina actually put a jar to their mouth and breathed into it so that someone somewhere could make $500. It's just the whole thing. So weird. The second thing I found was Comedian. Now, this is the name of a piece of art by Italian artist Maurizio Catalan, and this went for $120,000. What did it look like? Well, it was, or is, I'm not really sure, a banana taped to a wall. So according to another source, late Georgian artist David Detuna ate the banana, which was then replaced with another banana, probably because... It's a banana taped to a wall. I'm sharing this sidebar in my sidebar because I think there's a lesson in here. If someone can eat your art, maybe you shouldn't pay $120,000 for it. With all due respect to Maurizio Catalan. Number three, I was torn on whether to share this one because it's pretty ghastly. But in 2012, they canceled a very creepy online auction item, which was a vial of Ronald Reagan's blood. Oh, good Lord. Reportedly drawn the day he was shot. Jeez Louise. In 1981. So I cross-referenced this one because it was like too weird to not double verify. Sure. You know, not that Global Auctioneers isn't top-notch mm-hmm. journalists that integrity or whatever but an npr article i found also like confirmed it oh the british firm auctioning it off said that they first purchased it earlier in the year at a public auction here in the u.s for three thousand five hundred and fifty dollars and the funny thing is is like so they're getting their hands slapped and being told to take it down but they're like we bought it from someone in your country yeah but when the item was pulled the bids had already reached thirty thousand dollars what is wrong with people? Why would you want that? I don't 
No. And then like, so you're sitting at your house, you've invited guests over and you're like, boy, do I have a story for you. I have a vial of Ronald Reagan's blood. And then I get scared. Like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but two seasons ago we covered weird Elvis memorabilia. Uh And I think there was one about like teeth or something. And then that guy who was collecting teeth of famous people was like trying to pull the DNA or something. Oh, so he could clone them. Uh Uh-huh. And so that's actually where my head went here. Oh. And I was like, oh, somebody being that kind of weird again. Anyway. (laughs) That is so weird. I I mean, or um, eccentric. Excuse me. No, that's weird. Yeah, straight up weird. Taking someone's bodily fluids and then selling it. That's weird. Yes. This is my favorite. Number four. My, uh, th- this one, I kind of remember happening. The self-destructing Banksy. Do you remember this by any chance? The self-destructing what? Banksy. No. Okay, so one of his paintings was sold at auction for $1.4 million. As soon as it was sold, the piece slid through the shedder, shredder that was installed on oh, the bottom of the frame. I, I do, yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Don't buy art from Banksy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Anyways, what a, what a kidder, you know? <laughs> Jokester. <laughs> just a prankster. So Jokester. then I got curious What's currently the most expensive item to go at auction? So before I share what I found, Nikki, like if you were going to guess like the category of item, like what category of item do you think the most expensive thing to go is in? I'm torn between jewelry and art. That is so funny because it is wrong. No, because it is art. That is jewelry. But the funny thing is, is if I was going to take a guess, jewelry is the only other thing I would think of, like the Hope Diamond or something. Right. That would go, uh, like something really rare like that, for as high as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. According to Yahoo Finance article, um, and this is in August, so it's pretty recent, the honor of the most expensive auction item goes to a rather obscure Leonardo da Vinci painting mm-hmm. uh, named Salvatore Mundi that was purchased from Christie's in 2017. So it happened a while ago, mm-hmm. but this is still apparently the highest one. And the highest bid came from Mohammed bin Salman, crown prince and prime minister of Saudi Arabia. Any guesses on the price? Oh, gosh. $100 million. $450 million. Good grief. Here's the real kicker. There are questions regarding its authenticity. authenticity. It was yeah. found in some, like, random attic. There, Well, there's a longer article for folks who are interested putting my brain from a while back on this. I think it was something like, yes, he did parts of it, but maybe there was, like, um, uh, a restoration. Someone had expert. to finish the drill. I think that's right. Mm, that and, sounds right. And so there's... That's the question that's at hand. I got to tell you, Selena, Mm -hmm. even if I'm the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and money is no object, apparently, that is a lot of money to spend on something that does not come with a framed certificate of authenticity signed by Leonardo da Vinci himself. Yeah. Maybe with like a little fingerprint there in blood. Like with that amount of money, he could have like solved so many many problems so many many social problems but now he has a piece of artwork that may or may not have been completed by one of the greatest artists of all time yeah and i think you know just as a regular joe there's just something very fascinating about like this kind of snapshot this is just a day in this person's life 
and that like, much money just I'm at the store and I'm like that pimento cheese is eight dollars I had an entire thing with cocoa powder this morning putting my grocery order in yeah yeah I get it you know it just makes me so mad now I'm pissed now I'm mad you're mad I'm mad when it got a cocoa hot cocoa no, I just was out of cocoa powder. Oh, bake okay. a lot. Oh, yeah. Just out, needed to buy it. And it was just torn. Do you buy the Kroger brand because it's cheap? Or do you buy Hershey's? And in my opinion, it sort of just depends on what you're baking. And if I'm just having it to have in my pantry and not for a specific Kroger. purpose, I'm going. But I went Simple Truth, which was sort of the step up from Kroger, Kroger brand. But not quite private selection. Not quite private selection. That's yeah. correct. Y'all know what we're talking about. Regular people <laughs> problems. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for anyone listening, this segment was initially <laughs> for anyone who's still you're listening still here. Um, this segment was initially supposed to be craziest stories from the auction block. It turns out there probably are a lot, but I couldn't find them. So, oh. but I did find one from David Spade, pretty great and almost relatable in a not relatable kind of way. We'll link to it in the show notes because honestly, you. You want to hear him tell it. You don't want to hear me tell it. I love David Spade. I do want to hear that. Well, it involves him, Sean Penn, and some Paul McCartney tickets and a bid gone awry. Uh Uh-oh. Ari, you mean. Ari. I would tell you, but again, I just can't do it justice. So you should go seek it out for yourself. We'll make it super findable for you. (laughs) Uh, Nikki, besides that uh, jar of Brad and Angelina's breath on your nightstand... (laughs) (laughs) what else did you like about this episode i sniff it every night (laughs) i liked mary joe's takedown of the magazine person at the very beginning of the episode uh but only because it's it's that continued exploration of mary joe's growth since the very first season where she was really timid and i appreciated that even the show acknowledged it um, that that she's really grown so much from working next to Julia, and uh, I thought that was great. Then she also had a little bit of post daiquiri boldness at the auction that yeah, I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. I just always love when they make her a drinker. Uh, I also really love the exchange between Anthony and Julia, where she says, "Anthony, you don't mean you want to be just a mindless sex object to be oodled and toyed with and used for your body." And he says, "Yes, I believe I would like that." <laughs> just love that delivery. It's also probably why bachelor auctions work out okay. Get right, <laughs> right. For for ninety percent of the guys, there's still that one guy that doesn't get any doesn't get any bids. Yeah, right? I was going to insert a name, but that feels right. Oh, yeah, no, don't do that. Uh, I also love the student teacher. I think her name was Lenora making eye contact with him. <laughs> she counted her money. Yeah, that was a lot, but it was really funny. The intro to Anthony, he loves polo, baccarat, and collecting Confederate memorabilia, which puts Dang actually it, a finer point on Suzanne being the one to say she didn't know that he loved um the Confederate Times quite so much oh, from yeah. that previous episode. Perfect. So that, yeah, I get that now. Uh, and finally, Julia's attempt at keeping people from bidding on Anthony. Oh, his head sure is flat. Look at that bottom. It's very, very large. All the things she said just made me laugh. I know, but it's great because then she changed it to, I like them big. I the like bigger, them big. the better. <laughs> and all I could think was, do you think she inspired Sir Mix a lot? <laughs> Uh, those were all the things I loved. What about you, Selena? 
So I definitely a lot of mine are auction centric still. It's all coming up auction, but like the double entendres they gave that 95-year-old auctioneer oh, uh-huh. were pretty great. To the golfer, I sure would like to play around with him. And then for Anthony, um, you can call him to get your floor laid or anything else. She's like, what does this mean? <laughs> All I have to say is I yes. wish you could have heard the crowd laughing when she delivered those lines uh-huh. because it almost makes you wonder, like, why did she feel like she has to ask what that means? Like, sure, would I like to play around with him? She would know what that meant. You can get your floor laid or anything else. He's a construction guy. He can lay brick. Like, she would have gotten it. You needed to hear the crowd laugh. So she'd be like, what? What's so funny? Why is everybody laughing? I see what you're saying. I don't get it. Yeah. I thought you meant that there are people who aren't that naive. I'm like, no. Definitely people that naive. No, I think she needed something to make that line make a little more sense. Right. Personally. That occurred to me on my third watching. Because the first couple of times I laughed. But then I was like, wait a minute. Why would she? So now you're ruining it for all of us. I have to. That's that's my job here. (laughs) That's that's what we're here for. That's what I do. Uh, Anthony's auction outfit made him look like someone from the village people. Yes. And I will just say that I liked that he made the comment about not thinking this through. He felt like Toby from Roots. (laughs) Only because (laughs) leading up to that moment, I was like, are we not going to get there? (laughs) Are we not going to say that this is weird? Just not going to acknowledge it at all. Uh, Julia, uh, oh, well, we've covered this. It's just really funny again, her trying to make him sound less attractive. <laughs> just, I, that is, she's really been killing on the delivery. That really needs to be said. I loved every minute of their date. Oh, I just did, including their slap. I'm going to call it a slapstick goodbye sequence on the porch. Yeah. And then the very end, like you said, that you want to know what happened. Yeah. I just, really like it when they kind of make it uncertain and unclear and the uh, ladies are like, uh, what happened? So what is night? happening yeah. here? It also felt like a callback to their stranded episode mm-hmm. where they were in the motel. And I like that as well. And everybody else is left out of the joke, but the two of them. That's right. Yeah. What did you not like about the episode? I don't have anything. I don't either. So what'd you rate it? I gave it four out of five serious stud flesh. It finally happened. We have the same rating scale? We absolutely rated it the same. Ah. I give it a five out of five. Okay. But yeah. I don't really know why I took a point away, if I'm being honest with you. Other than maybe the whole concept of the bachelor auction was just sort of weird. (laughs) They should have laughed at the lady. Um, Laugh, not clap. Sorry. No, it was sort of like a little strippery or something. Like each of the men that was on the auction block, like looked a little like he was dressed to be consumed or something, which was just weird. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. Well, I think if you thought it was normal, that might be a little weird. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I... What if I told you I got Kyle in a bachelor auction? (laughs) No, that would be really weird. (laughs) Oh, but I funny. will probably enjoy hearing about it, to be honest, <laughs> because bachelor auctions are a perfect TV trope. Mm-hmm. And I think while I, I don't just think they are for me, very strange. They on TV work really well. They pair up characters you want to see together. And these things are just rife with possibility and shenanigans and that's what we really want out of a sitcom especially especially in this time period you know we needed a shenanigan this provided 
I also thought the economy of this one was excellent. So much so that we still had time for a full date and post-date reactions. Oh, yeah. Well, that was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel too squeezed in, Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like, couldn't we have lost some of this? Mm -hmm. It was just pretty perfect there. 90s things? There was the woman on the phone who says, at the tone, the time will be. That was a reference from Charlene. Mm -hmm. Felt very 90s. Oprah buying a table at an auction. Just there sort of being this, like, Oprah is mythical and Oprah is still relevant. But the way they said that, like that was the big news story was Oprah buying a table in an auction felt 90s to me. Mm-hmm. There was the reference to the mysterious yuppie flu stuff. Uh, yuppies was, feels like a very late 80s, early 90s reference. Uh, Roseanne Barr disease. Roseanne Barr would have been very relevant at this point in time, I think. And there was a driving Miss Daisy reference right at the end when Anthony said, well, thank you, Miss Daisy. Yes, so that you got all of mine. I think the only other thing I have was the physical magazine subscription in the cold open. And I had, that. she said, it's it's Mary Jo, and she says, you know that woman on the phone who says at the tone, the time oh, will was be it Mary Jo? Sorry. Yeah, that's not really the point. It's just that. Listener Adam would have corrected I me. I literally never heard that before, and I'm not young. And so <laughs> I was very surprised that this reference slipped by me. I'm like. There was a time when I remember not everyone could just switch calls. I'm just saying. So, like, I remember before caller ID. I remember, like, all, you know, the phones with the cord. I remember all of this. You remember calling Who the movie theater for the movie times? I love movie phone. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to movie phone. Yeah. You just didn't know what you were going to do on Saturday. So let's see what movies are playing at what time. That's right. Ah, That's a thing I miss. Southern things. Uh, there was a reference to cotillion classes when ah. Suzanne and Anthony were dancing. And you mentioned Toby on Roots. Felt Southern. The Confederate memorabilia. Yeah. We've already talked about that. that. So many points of pride. And then uh, saying goodnight to a date on the front porch. It just felt like a country song. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that there aren't. People saying goodnight all across the country. But there's just something about it that, like, I don't know, it just felt Southern. So I put it on in the list. References that we need to talk about. I don't have anything. I just wanted to say that I actually tried to find that Oprah story. So Mm. the story is that she accidentally bought a table for $220,000 that was $20,000 at an auction. I think one of the reasons I couldn't find it is it's Oprah. And there's been a lot of news Mm. stories about Oprah. There's Mm. been lots of auction stories about Oprah. She's obviously a very philanthropic individual, blah, blah, blah. I thought you were going to say wealthy. Also wealthy, which allows one to be philanthropic. Yeah. But I mean, is it not worth addressing first that this table was (laughs) $20,000? I mean, that's a lot. And today, that would be $47,000. See? Rich people crap. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wrote for me in this episode. So next episode, season five, episode six, Charlene Buys a House. We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. TikTok at Sweet Tea TV Pod. You can find us on YouTube. You can send us an email, sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And our website is www.sweetteatv.com. 
There are several ways you can support the show. You can tell your family and friends uh, about us. You can rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, or you can visit the Support Us page on our website. And then come back Thursday for an extra sugar where we're going to talk about Mary Max Tea Room as sort of a, um, a current reference to the Ruffles and Bows Tea Room that they mentioned during the auction. All right. Well, you know what that means. What does it mean, Selena? It means we'll see you around the bend. Bye.